Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Louis, happy Valentine's Day week. Oh my. This holiday is about love. (laughs) So we're going to talk about one of our love affairs, which is a super nerdy love affair. It's with cookbooks. Oh yeah. (laughs) Ooh, baby cookbooks. Yeah. We've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Yeah. Like six months. It was one of our uh, ideas when we started. Uh, Let's start with this podcast, Sharp Quote, from the ultimate cookbook author, in my opinion. Julia Child. And she says, this is my invariable advice to people. Learn how to cook, try new recipes, learn from your mistakes, be fearless, and above all, have fun. Simple, simple ideas, but so on it, Julia Child. You live on forever. Mm -hmm. Our special guest today in this podcast is Kim Foster. She's a James Beard nominated writer. Her pieces have appeared in Bon Appetit, Saveur, and NPR's Desert Companion. She's a New Yorker, but now she calls Las Vegas home, Mm. where Kim just started a cookbook club called Please Send Noodles, or Please Send Nudes, as we say, Louie. Yes. (laughs) Kim, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So first of all, we're going to talk about this cookbook club. Okay. How'd you conceive of this idea and how'd you pull it off? Okay. So um, I was thinking a lot about, I've been thinking a lot about community eating. And when I was growing up, I grew up in like a upstate rural New York and there were church dinners and Grange suppers and all kinds of places where people would cook for you and you would gather and you would see people that maybe you hadn't seen in a while. And I was feeling very nostalgic about that, that there wasn't a sort of place where once a month people were gathering from the community and you would see people that you wouldn't normally see in your busy everyday life. And when the writer's block, which is for anybody who hasn't been there, you should just go because it's like the most beautiful bookstore. Super awesome downtown bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Small like business support it. Everything you want a bookstore to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really good friends with the owners, Drew and Scott. And um, I wanted to support them. And I also wanted to see if we could use their really beautiful event space to create some community eating so that the community could gather in this beautiful place. And in the same way, we could be supporting them um, by buying books through their bookstore and supporting, you know, um, independent bookstores, which I think is really, really important. So those were the, the sort of two ideas that sort of came together and they were all on board and um, like Scott did all the artwork for it. If you've seen the artwork, it's really beautiful. It's great. Yeah. He did an amazing job and, um, and they've been so supportive. Like they just come out with wine and, you know, it's just amazing. They've been so supportive and so excited that the community wants to come together and eat together. Louie and I have attended a few times yeah. and it's awesome. Um, we were very impressed by it. And impressed by the food. Um, totally. Yeah, it's really Even cool. as chefs. Um, you know, I thought it was really amazing. I, I love the idea. To me, it felt like what you're talking about, which is, and for me, I didn't go to community type things where this happened, but my 
family community, mm-hmm. which was very big because I'm Portuguese, Filipino, Spanish, Italian, Hawaiian, mm-hmm. crazy gatherings of huge families, That's right. which was basically like my family community. I mean, it was like totally distant relatives that are your cousins and your aunts. And as you know, Louis too, like in the Filipino culture, like you'll call people aunt and uncle, even when they're not blood related to you, you know, like they're auntie Jane, even though they're your neighbor. So for me, family wise, you know, that was my community and I had a very big family, multiracial, multicultural family. And so, um, to me, it felt like that where it's like, there's so many choices and everybody's bringing, it's like a potluck dinner, but this time with the cookbooking cookbook element to it, which makes it super fun and just a great idea. And yeah. for me, it's not like, you know, when I walk into a room and I see everything that everybody's brought and everybody can be at a certain skill level. Um, I don't discriminate at all because food to is me, food. Yeah. To me, it's like they showed up and they actually put time and love into it and they want to share it. They that's, did. That's solid for me. That's what keeps me going. Is it? what you conceived it to be well we've only done it uh what What, one two three three times we're going on yeah so um so i'm i'm still trying to figure it out so i think what i didn't want it to be was a teaching thing Mm -hmm. but there is sort of a component of that now that's sort of popping up that i didn't expect so one of the things we're going to start doing is a demo Oh, oh gotcha in the middle of the cookbook group. So it would be like, you know, we talk about the cookbook. What did you like? What didn't you like? That kind of stuff. Then we move into um, eating together and then maybe a little demo from like a chef and then boom into dessert, that kind of thing. So there is sort of, so it was interesting. There's a lot of skill levels that are different. There's chefs like you who come and like can execute a dish and plate it and make it look beautiful. And then there's people who will come to me and say, I'm really struggling, you know, that, that those recipes, like they didn't come out the way I wanted. You know, this is the thing, you know, I'm really seeing this as somebody who um, is working now with, I'm watching cooks go through recipes and we're talking about it on the Facebook group. And you can really see how hard it is to write a really good recipe because even people who write great books are writing recipes where the cook goes, well, I didn't know what to do next with that. Or that wasn't really clear for me. Or she said, do this, but I didn't get that. And I didn't, you know, so there's, so it was, it's interesting for me to just see how the recipe writing, it works or doesn't work for home cooks. Correct. Cause like I, I, I glance over a recipe and I'm like, okay, this, 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 you know, the processes are in my head. Right. It's not like I need to read it word for word. I need to get the measurements right. Yeah. But more so, okay, do this first, blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's pretty fast, but for an average person, you know, I, I can only imagine what it's like, well, what, what's fold or what's saute? What, right. What's the proper technique of doing yeah. this and that? And yeah. there's that gap. And they get crazy sometimes in cookbooks too, where they'll say things like eviscerate and like, it's just like, yeah, eviscerate. I get it. But just like be, let me eviscerate. Yeah. You. Don't be so freaking bougie. <laughs> <Don't. about it. laughs> I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're writers here, but come on, calm down. You're not <laughs> writing for Bon Appetit. You're fucking trying to help a home cook make something like you want it to come out. Um, we actually had this, this discussion, Louis, which was an interesting discussion at the Jubilee cookbook, which is huh. awesome. Like Tony Tipton Martin. Um, yeah, it's a great book. As I said at the meeting, it's it's really like a historical cookbook. Right. You know, it's it's the 
the evolution of African-American cooking in America, which no one's really done it the way that she did it. Yep. And it's, it's amazing in so many ways. She has the, uh, the old recipes, like super old recipes that don't make any sense to us now. And they're sitting next to the, you know, they're right adjacent to the oh, new no recipes, way. the modern recipes. Wow. And so you could do both and or, you know, and really get the idea, you know, of the background, the history, you know, that this was Thomas Jefferson's butler that did this, that kind See? of stuff. It's wow. super amazing. But this discussion came up mm-hmm. about, um, you know, <laughs> I see exactly the way that you do because I'm also a professional cook and, you know, I'll skim it. And I had made the comment like, oh, she's, you know, Kim asked, what do you like? What didn't you like? You know, and I said, I love the fact, which is so funny that, you know, there wasn't a lot of explanation and I could just interpret it the way that I wanted to, you know, and then like opposite side of the room, completely opposite opinion, which I totally get, you know, and it's, you know, she said that she was, she felt like a moderately good home cook, but she hated the fact that there weren't specific, specific directions like a Julia Child kind of cookbook where it's like, here are all the tips on the side. And, you know, and totally, I mean, it's completely different way of interpreting exactly the same recipe. It is. Uh, I think it's like the format of it that that actually keeps it charming. If you say like the old recipes, like right next to the. Oh, it's super charming. It's yeah. It's a beautiful book. I got chills as I was reading a lot of it because I was like, this is missing. Yeah. I haven't gotten mine yet because I was very busy in January. So I didn't. It was really hard to get it. And that's awesome. Like it was sold out on Amazon. Yeah. I couldn't find it at Barnes and Noble. (laughs) I couldn't find it. Like it was sold out everywhere. And I was too late, like on writer's block even because it's sold out there. And yeah. so I was like, how do I get this? And I found it at the Henderson library. Okay, cool. So oh, I got good. it for free, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I should buy it to support her because I it's bought, that I my good. It's, coming. Yeah. it's that good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing, but I love that. And as, as probably one of the things that you're learning is like, wow, like this is how it's going to be because there's going to be all these levels and we're going to have to figure out Yes. You know, have this element of a teaching element, maybe. That yeah. Would make and it- I think the teaching element is great. Um, so for instance, it would be really simple. Like it would be like somebody might come in and teach you how to like fold dumplings. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's really simple. Like right. not like a big. Yeah. Not like we're going to make a meal. Demo. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, okay, this is how we're going to fold dumplings now. Right. Or, um, and then I think we need to do like a. Holding a knife. Uh, yes. How are we going to do a little, like a little <laughs> knife demonstration thing? And maybe yeah. people can like, can do some knife skill work, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's the thing that gets me all the time. I'm like, oh my God, don't hold it like that. Especially on TV mm-hmm. shows. <laughs> you watch TV watch shows, Food Network kind of shows yeah. and stuff. And you're like, how do you not cut your fingers off? Like, please don't hold the knife like that. I'm yeah, signing you up for a demo for knife <laughs> skills. Like, now that you're talking now about that it. Now that you're talking about it, I'm signing you guys up for that. So you have to do it. <laughs> That's why we started with Semi Nosrat's Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, because I felt like that was a book that very really, smart. very explains a lot of things that would be obvious to you as professionals that is not obvious to a lot of home cooks, which is like, right. just what are the components that make up like a good vinaigrette? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You need, you need fat and you need, you know what I mean? That kind of thing, right? I just love yeah. that about that book yeah because or, balance basically yeah. she's just talking about balance i love i love her writing style too and like yes. how she how she broke it down to just four things salt fat acid and heat yeah and so. it's like that skill of balancing is yeah. something that you learn i mean i would say louie and i we're, we're not done. Like, of course we're uh, not done. All cooks are not done. Right. It's like, I mean, yeah. So, the more, you know, we the feel more you good know, about you it. We know. feel confident, but at the same time, this is something that, you know, spans all cuisines, yeah. all cultures and learning forever. 
And that's what you want at the end of this. You want people to be able to cook intuitively. Yes. So that they can taste it and know. And that was her thing, right? It's like, oh, if you keep doing this, like you keep building this vinaigrette this way, you're going to know how to build a great vinaigrette, even if you've got lots of different subs coming in, you know, lots of different things. And so that's the whole point of this, that someday a cook can look at it like, just like you, Louie, they can look at a recipe and go, well, this is a great inspiration. I'm going to make this for dinner tonight. But I don't have this. I don't have that. But you know what? I've got this and I've got this. So I'm going to sub those in. We're going to do it. Oh, taste it. Needs a little of this. And then boom, we have dinner. And that's the end game. Right. That's That's the the end end game. game. To get everybody a little bit more on the same page, a little bit better. Yeah. And and just so you know, the home cooks out there, that comes with time. It comes with time, whether you're a professional or you're a, a home cook. You, you, we And a lot of failed meals. Yes. And, And failed recipes at the restaurant even many times even the best chefs fail recipes um it's it, it's something that comes intuitively but at the same time it also comes with practice yeah practice makes so perfect. i mean prep cooks are like the best at what they do professional prep cooks they literally will peel a potato for four hours and they will have the best way to peel a freaking potato. And it sounds super simple and dumb, but it's not, it's an art, believe it or not, like peeling an asparagus spear. Um, and the way that we get good at what we do, it seriously will take us a hundred times. I don't, it it takes that many times. And so if you think like, Oh, I'm, I'm terrible at baking or I'm terrible at sauteing or whatever it is. You just need to keep doing it. Just mm-hmm. get in there and just do it. That's right. You're going to suck at first. Oh yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. But yeah, I think you kind of need to push yourself past like that vulnerability and that like, Oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm not doing good. You know? And no excuses. Everybody yeah. can cook. Yeah. I absolutely, this is an, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, what? how old you are, how young you are. I know some people that can't boil water. I'm sorry. I fucking hate it. I will say it out loud. Like everybody can cook. Chef Ramey from Ratatouille. Uh, well, Everyone yeah. can cook. Yeah. Like I, I get that, but I know people that can't I mean, boil water you shit. might not be, you know, freaking Thomas Keller. Hell, none of us are going to be Thomas Keller, but you can cook. You can boil a freaking egg. You yeah. can do more than toast. But I know people you that can make but it. should you? I guess the question is, should you like, I guess I feel like if somebody said to me, if somebody said to me, okay, Kim, you have to make your clothes from now on because, <laughs> because fashion is really important and it's important for you to have your own style and you shouldn't be going and using these commodity clothes. You should be like, you know, creatively investing in your fashion sense. Right. right. I'd be like, what? the hell are you talking about? Like yeah, I am not going I get to. It. Good analogy. So the question is like, if you don't want to, everyone can cook. So Lorraine, right. I totally agree with you. Yeah. But the question is, and I think maybe this is what Louis is getting at is yeah. if you hate it, if it brings you nothing, but like derision no and anger yeah. and there's no joy, because I'll tell you. Um, okay. So this is, let me just digress for a little bit because Please. I, this is, so I'll, I've been writing this essay about uh-huh. someone who, um, um, her name is Johnny and she works at one of the Smiths here in town. And, um, she had a really, really hard childhood. She, um, was locked in a closet as a teenager and starved. And she has this really incredible story and she works in a supermarket so she can always be around food because, because it was, 
like she always needs to like, so she has all these things that where she needs to be around food and things like that, which is why she's always worked in supermarkets. But for somebody like her, where you, where food is such an issue, where it, it was taken from you, um, because when you're young, food is, um, food isn't love, but feeding someone is love. Right. Yes, it's nurturing. So it's part it's of nurturing. nurturing. And it, and as a baby, it's, it's, it's completely primal, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't, if you cry and no one comes and gives you food, then your sense of safety in the world is completely, completely just screwed. Yeah, right? right. You know what I mean? It's, it's maybe forever, maybe forever because that's your attachment to the world. The mm-hmm. world isn't safe. The world isn't taking care of me. Yeah. Right. So it's a very, very primal thing. So when I think about people who don't cook, um, obviously people don't, not everyone has a terrible story like that and something as dramatic, but I think that there is, there are for some people, there is a lot of anxiety. Uh-huh. There's a lack of joy around cooking. Right. There's issues around it. There's, um, and, and, and that can even be like, you know, your mother didn't let you into the kitchen because she was a really great cook. And mm-hmm. so you were just like, I'm not going to be like my mother. Do you know what I mean? Right. I mean, there could be a lot of things on a lot of different levels mm-hmm. that prevent you from being getting into the kitchen and having this like joy in front of the stove. It's true. And I guess that was just my point. I that totally get that. There's a spectrum of experience. Right. For sure. Right, right. Totally. I think I was more like talking about the people that make it as a, like a lazy excuse. No, no, I know what which you're is, yeah. About. And yeah, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a generational thing too. Oh, interesting. Like, what do you think? Our generation, meaning we were very, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say forced. That's the wrong word, but we were encouraged very highly to, uh, as women quote, get out of the kitchen, quote, get out of the house, get a job, whatever. Like it was a very, it was like one generation was so like, you know, 1950s, like stay at home. Mm-hmm. You have to stay at home. Like yeah. it's the right thing to do. Have children, yep. you know, all that stuff. And then our generation was like the exact opposite. It was like, you don't need to learn cooking skills. You don't need to learn how to sew anything. You don't need, you need to get a job. You need to go to college. You need to be, get a real job in quotes. That's uh-huh. And that was the main reason I would say that one of the main reasons that I never even thought about cooking professionally. Right. And that's because how it was never yeah. given to me as an option. Yeah. yeah. My options were, uh, do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to like, you know, that was our generation of growing up, you know, also, with, it was with trade that school culture. Yeah. It was trade school stuff then. There were like, the, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a career. Like, it wasn't like, it was like what you would do if, if you, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm sh- obviously there were some celebrity chefs, but it was like, I was always going to go to college. Like my parents were going to force me to go to college. Right. right? So mm-hmm. it would, if I had like decided to go to trade school and become like, it was like frowned a cook, upon. They, they would have been like, what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? And it was considered sort of anti-feminist right at that time. Like right. there was this, that's why there's, you know, boiled dinners and frozen dinners right. and all these things, right? It's convenience. It's and convenience prep. is modern. Yeah. 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 Right. And like meal prep, meal though, prep. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful and I feel like, you know, we're at a time period where I really um, admire my younger sister's generation in a lot of ways because they're realizing that, yes, I want to be a feminist. Like I totally like think that women should truly be able to do what they want to do. And those choices are many. 
mm-hmm. and very different. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not one or the other now. It's not, you know, you have to stay at home and you have to, you know, raise your children and, you know, whatever. And you have to be the woman that does that as opposed to the man or whoever. And it's not the opposite either necessarily where it's like, you have to go to college and you have to take that track that, you know, most of our, many of our, the the women in our generation did. It's, it's more, you know, open when it comes to all of it. Uh, Sex, race, uh, all of it. Religion. Celebrate a lot more open. So I just, um, how old is your sister? She's a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) So 11 years younger than me. She's a millennial, not on the cusp. She's on the cusp of millennial and zillennial. So she's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the cookbooks, the meat of this. Yep. Um, First of all, do you consider yourself a cookbook nerd? Totally. Yeah. (laughs) You're in good company. Look, I don't know of a single (laughs) chef that's not a cookbook nerd. Really? Do yeah. you th- are chefs looking at cookbooks? I, that's like yeah. really oh, question yeah. that I want to know. We brag about our collections. Are you yeah. serious? Oh yeah. yeah. See, I just assumed that that was like the domain of the domain of home cooks, and that chefs were somewhere like flying above it and not no. like okay, interested so in those kinds thing. of things. Yeah, there are, and we're talking about cookbooks. We can talk about this. There are um, many cookbooks that I completely ignore, which are a lot of like, and I hate to say it, but I'll say it. Uh, reality, <laughs> reality stars. Mm-hmm. Celebrity, right. better homes and gardens. Whoever they are, bullshit. We're, yeah, Look, right. we're not. And then those. there's ones in the middle, which are the salt, fat, acid, heat, which appeal to both sides: mm-hmm. the professional side yep. and the the um, non-professional side. And then there's the super hyper professional side of cookbooks, which are you know the Escoffier and Robochon and Michael Mina. Like you don't have a lot of the stuff in your kitchen that you need for those recipes. Right. Yeah. They're or, very uh, yeah. You or know, it's about the restaurant itself. Basically. Yeah. Ferran Andrea's, yeah. you know, El Bulli. modern, modernist cuisine. Yeah. I mean, cause there's all, you know, there's, yeah. it runs the gamut, you know? So, um, most definitely, uh, most chefs have a lot of those kinds of books. Cause for us, it's aspirational in many ways, mm-hmm. you know, like right. we grew up or grew up in our culinary time wanting to be like Thomas Keller or Michael Mina or Ferran Adria or Jose Andres. Um, and so there's those aspirational cookbooks where you know, we're learning new techniques. All dudes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mostly for the yeah. most part. Um, most it's part. getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. Cherry bomb's a really great cookbook with yeah. all female chefs. I'm glad you picked that up. <laughs> I yeah, freaking yeah. love that book. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, yeah. it just kind of depends on what it is. I mean, are you going to find like a family circle, better homes and gardens cookbook in our cookbook selection? Most likely not. I would. Cause uh, mine, so you like I, I just like look at recipes to distress. Right. right? And, and, um, right. Like food photography. Like yeah, that's a totally another thing for you. Too. Sometimes Instagram doesn't do it for me. Like I need to see it on paper. I need to see it on. Print oh my god, you totally so sound like a different. food pornographer right now. No, 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 no. It's, I need it's, to see yeah. it on paper. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't do it for me in social media. Like <laughs> this is why we still print out like stuff like that, and you know, like uh, yeah. we do like macro shots, and, and I'm gonna geek out. But anyway, um, it's it's approaching it and seeing like other photographers do. Right. Like really creative stuff with food that hasn't been seen before. Yeah. Because I can leaf through any magazine and I couldn't tell like who took the picture or what. It kind of like looks homogenous to me. But right. when, I, when I hone into a particular photographer and their specific style, oh man, it's I'm like, oh, wow. who do you like? Uh, you know what? Penny De Los Santos has been one of my idols. Penny yeah. is such and she's a really nice person. Yeah, too. I do want to meet her. 
I really do want to make her. <laughs> yeah. I'm going now to- we're geeking food photography. Yeah. She's really, really nice. And I knew her when she lived in New York. She's a really terrific person. Yeah. So, and, and she's so talented. Her like shots of people, not just food yeah. are completely amazing. So she, her, she captures the lifestyle too. So that's like one component. It's not, not just the dish, but Hey, this is where it came from. And these are the people that eat it. And this is a terroir. Can I tell you a penny story? Sure. Okay. Cause I'm only, cause so you can geek out. Cause this, so we were at, uh, I think we were at Bouvet in New York and she, there were these cups stacked in the window. Uh-huh. So there's a window that looks out under the street in the village. And um, she picked up her camera like she was, oh, oh sorry. Oops, did I? Okay. No, then she was picked up her camera and she was going to shoot it. And then she stopped. And I said, what happened there? Why didn't you shoot that? And she said, well, it's a really interesting image, but there's no story behind it. There's yeah. no reason uh-huh. to shoot it. Just being a nice image is not reason enough to have taken the shot. Exactly. And I just thought, and so from now, when I think about things, I always think like I have like a penny wisdom in my head where I think, oh, why am I taking the shot? Is it important? Does it tell a story? Right. Can I write something around it? Because I'm a writer. Like, is it, you know, so I... I take that wisdom from her like pretty much all the time. Like she, like just that little tiny like snippet of conversation. No, so. it's true. That's what separates a good photo from like all the rest of like whatever influencers, like um, the, the birth of digital photography oh, yes. created this massive inflow of just like photos of whatever. Right. You know, because back in the day you actually had to pay for film and you right. actually, there's and an get a real camera. Yeah. You know? There's an actual investment, but now the smartphone is almost as uh, good as a, like a DSLR professional. Right. DSLR. Not really, but if you really know how to use your DSLR, you can create stunning, really stunning stuff. But all I'm saying is like, uh, you know, what sets apart an influencer from like a commercial food photographer? Right. It's what you're talking about as a storytelling. Is the storytelling. Like if you spend 10 minutes with me talking about your dish and like, let's really construct it and let's talk about like in terms of like color psychology and stuff like that. Versus if you hire me on the phone, hey, come here, I'll drop a dish in front of you and then shoot it. The results are very different. You know what I mean? Totally makes sense. So Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some real thought behind it mm-hmm. and there's a story and there's, yeah. And so, you do see like, that's a really interesting thing because when you see Instagram influencers around food, it's just shot after shot after shot after food and there's yeah. no real context for it. Right. There's no. no like, you see the ice cream cone and you see where it, it, they got it, but you don't really see like. And the manicured nails. Yeah. They freak but you me know, out. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. After a while. That, those freak it's me like, out. What am I looking at? What, what, what am I looking at? And yeah. I'm not like uh, throwing shade at people yeah. who just enjoy it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I think it's absolutely. great. For like, sure. But there's a difference. Right. But there is, is a difference. There is yeah. a difference. It's not just like, this is what I ate today. It's like, here's a, there's a reason why we're shooting this dish. Mm-hmm. And it's a really special dish or it's a really, it worked or it didn't work. Right, right, right. Here's why it didn't yeah. work. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or Yeah. So, okay, let's get to the cookbook. Yeah, let's do it. So um, we're going to, no, it's (laughs) awesome. So we're going to talk about our favorite of all time and what we're looking at right now. 
<laughs> so um let's i'll start really quick real quick um so me um what i'm looking at right now is the adventures of fat rice um recipes from the chicago restaurant inspired by macau very specific um, i'm portuguese and asian so it's very <laughs> specific culture um so mechanese food is something that i grew up on and um you got to check out the pictures in here louie they're pretty badass yeah um the pictures i need photos now in my cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I need them. So yeah, yeah. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I'm used to. So they're beautiful photos. Um, it brings me back to home and memories and, um, I love their take on the food that I grew up with. So food is memory and I'm very inspired by this new cookbook. Um, my of all time is, you know, sounds a little basic bitch, but at the same time, um, as we talked about before, cheese pizza is amazing and that's basic bitch. So, um, it's, it's hey, mastering the art of French cooking and it's not a basic bitch book, but it's a basic bitch pick. Yeah. <laughs> because no. a lot of people will say it. Um, and I say it because so many reasons, but one of the main reasons for me is Julia Child's always been um, a really important person in my life because she took something, a passion late in her life in her forties. Um, I became a cook, a professional cook and chef in my early thirties. And it was a second career for me as well. Um, and she took something and she took her passion and made it her purpose. Right. So, um, her cookbook is absolutely stunning Two volumes. Um, I have the first edition. <laughs> I didn't even want to bring it here cause I love it that much. I didn't want to move it from its site. Mm -hmm. Um, it has a splash guard when I'm cooking. That's how much I love it. <laughs> um, and it, it's absolutely beautiful. She was the first, um, really, uh, cookbook author to talk about the problems when you're going through it, which is interesting, you know, like with cookbook club, it's like, she anticipated all these things that people would have the same problems that she had, obviously a home cook would have. Mm -hmm. And so she thought about that. She thought, Oh, here, I'm going to write this, you know, and it was a step-by-step -step process. It's very specific. And, um, she just really cared about bringing something that was authentic, but doing it in a way that a home cook or a professional cook would be able to be inspired by and be able to make it in their home. Yeah. And that's why they made the movie out of it. Right. Yep. Stands the test of time. All right. We're yeah. going to save Kim for less. Louis, you're next quickly. Oh, uh, of all time, it's Joy of Cooking. That's what got Ron me Bauer. into this. Oh, dude, no photos. Strictly, yeah. Strictly recipes. Old school. Yeah. So I have the edition that has the uh, armadillo recipe. You know, how to cook game. Kayla, fuck. I didn't know that there was an armadillo recipe yeah. in there. Yeah, totally. So I haven't been through all of it yet. I got to that part and I was like, whoa, cool. You know, but I mean, I've, I've never, I've never cooked an armadillo. <laughs> Just uh, you didn't go through Red Rock and try to find your own armadillo. <laughs> no, but I mean, to, for I was young when I picked it up, so for me to actually have like the basics, that kind of like helped me go into like my journey. So it was aspirational for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, no photos. How about now? I know uh, what it is. It's heartwood. Heartwood. <laughs> Well, that's because like I, I visited the actual restaurant and I actually experienced the magic of it. And to, for me, it's kind of like a little memento of like my my time, my meal there. Right. And, and to see like, oh, I had this. And, you know, it's so consistent and true to the point. I was there. So when I look at Heartwood, I re-experienced my dinner. Which was primal for you, yeah, as you talked it was about. Good. It's amazing. I would recommend people to actually go there. I do not have that book. I yeah. need it. Yeah. Kim, your turn. Hot seat. Okay. Um, so 
So I'm going to do two. Okay. Uh, the first one is Grace Young's Wisdom of a Chinese Kitchen. And it's it's not really a cookbook. It's more of a memoir with recipes. And it's about her parents um, and um, their relationship to food. And um, it's a very subtle book about how they, her parents who were home cooks approached cooking for her mm-hmm. and their family. And it actually um, was, is the way I tried to cook in my kitchen. So it actually changed the way I thought about how I would feed my kids and what their relationship would be to food. Um, and so that's probably the most, um, important book for me, just in terms of how I see home cooking and things like that. Um, in terms of actual craft, f- for me, it's Charles Fan's Vietnamese home cooking, which is a masterclass in Vietnamese cooking. Mm-hmm. It's if you don't know how to do Vietnamese cooking and you want to, and there's no class for you to take, and we're not doing it in cookbook club, um, then pick up this book because you, he just goes through like all the ingredients, the taste. He just describes it so beautifully. Um, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous book. So I want to close with, uh, what is it about cookbooks? And I think I know the answer for me, but what is it about cookbooks that makes them so special? It's mm, a great question. Yeah. What makes a good cookbook from a bad cookbook? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's that, that element of memory. That's why I bring up the fat rice cookbook. It's that element memory of too, memory. Heartwood. Yeah. Okay. It's different kinds of memories. So for me, I feel like I need that food memory to distinguish it from a good fine book with recipes that I could get on a blog or something that I want to keep forever. I think go back and look yeah. at it. But Story. that's really interesting. Cause that's one of my favorite cookbooks is the book that you just mentioned. Yeah. And I've cooked a bunch of stuff from it. In fact, we just made fat rice for new year's Eve. A rose oh. And is what we call it. so, and also there's a salt, uh, there's a silk, um, there's a salt, a bacalao recipe in there yes. that is, salt fish. yeah, that is so good. And I've made that a bunch of times. Um, it's a great book and I don't have sense memory to that book. So I wonder, I like, I, you know what I mean? Now I'm wondering, cause I get how, I think it's because it's their sense memory though. So, right, right. so, okay. So mine is because it's similar to theirs, but you love it because, um, it's something that they, we talk about this so much where you're passionate about mm-hmm. you. They love it. It's- yeah, you can tell how much they love this food. Yeah. Louis, our favorite time on the fly right now with Kim Foster. 60 yeah. seconds rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Go. The food you always crave. Oysters. <laughs> Caviar. <laughs> favorite holiday. Halloween. Best tool for your job. Oh, uh, tongs. Cat or dog person? What's that? Cat or dog person? Oh, dog. Most inspirational chef? Ooh, uh, Jose Andres. Must have dessert? Um, uh, Napoleon. Dream place to travel and eat? Ooh, uh, uh, China. Guilty Do you have anywhere, do you have anywhere oh. specific? Oh, um, like, um, Shanghai or something like more... Anthony Bourdain down and dirty <laughs> street food. Um, I don't know. Um, you <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Guilty pleasure. Um, um, 
a dark chocolate bar. Favorite alcoholic beverage. Ooh, um, um, tequila. Good one. Okay, let's la- ask the last question anyway. Go ahead. How do you relax? Walk the dogs. Mm, that good is one. relaxing. Yeah, that All is right. Relaxing. Kim Foster, let's sell it for Please Send Noodles Book Club. Oh, okay. So, uh, Please Send Noodles is a book club about food at the writer's block on 6th street downtown las vegas and it is about getting all the people together who love to cook and cooking from a different book every month and getting together and sharing a little wine a little food and um talking about cookbooks just like we did here yep super awesome Please come down to Please Send Noodles. It's once a month. It's so much fun. And it's a great way to meet some people in the Las Vegas community. And all the information is on the Writer's Block website. Yeah. Can't and there's also, a f- a f- there's also a Facebook group. Please Send Noodles <laughs> with three exclamation points. Sorry. <laughs> Kim Foster, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs. That's with a number two on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.